The views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 104.9 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, piston-clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. Good morning, Southern Arizona and the rest of you out there across the country, around the world, dealing with uh, some pretty good weather from here at the East Coast now, which is quite a, a lift from last week. Welcome to the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here in beautiful Tucson, Arizona, ESPNTucson.com, 1490 AM, 520 this is the day for New Year's uh, re- <laughs> New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Any New Year's resolutions you have, great. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, and riding shotgun, and my co-host Jim Mooney from Frontier Towing. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning out there, everybody in cyberspace. Happy uh, New Year's Eve. Remember, folks, I'm on the. Uh, radio this morning so that's a super safe saturday um gonna get a little preachy here this morning jerry um okay folks i'm gonna get a little preachy here this morning it's okay saturday it's super safe saturday and it's in new year's eve so new year's eve is traditionally the day where everybody wants to celebrate and ring in the new year so what we got to do folks is we got to be really really responsible today um Today, um, the DUI Southern Arizona this, the Southern Arizona DUI Task Force is out in full force, and what that means is they are looking for you. They're looking for anything that looks out of the ordinary. Now, the the DUI Task Force does a couple of things, guys. They uh, they do checkpoints, but in in Tucson, they they like the uh, saturation which means they blanket the city with a ton of officers. And they look for anything out of the ordinary to make a stop. So that little tail light, that little license plate light that you haven't fixed is a reason to pull you over. If you're swerving a little bit, that's a reason to pull you over. If you look like you're driving too slow or you're driving not normally, and believe me, folks, these guys are experts in their field they can ID you in a split second. And what they're looking for is to find out whether or not you are impaired in driving. And since this is a 100% avoidable situation, you have total control over it, 
let's just start by not doing it. Because when you get under their gun, and I know that liquid courage seems to think that you can talk your way out of one, out of a DUI or out of a ticket, you think that you can have an argument with somebody on the side of the road, not going to happen. You cannot go to court at a traffic stop. It doesn't happen. You just get arrested. Now, I know this because I've been to plenty of these. I've not been stopped for a DUI ever, but I've been to the car. I've towed the cars. And it's a very ugly sight. You do not want to get into this this morning or today. So please, 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 since this is 100% avoidable, it's not like you you were driving down the road and the dog, uh, a stray animal ran in front of you, okay? This is something that you have 100% control over. So do whatever you can to not put yourself in this situation because the path that you will go on is highly expensive. It's highly uh, evasive. And remember that... Um, because our listener audience has resources, they're going to get to pay, and there's no way around it. So please, 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 let's avoid that situation today. That's what I, that's what I got to start the morning with, Jerry. Well, I think that's absolutely perfect and very appropriate. You know, the New Year's resolutions, the big uh, uh, determination that I've got to make is uh, what, which pajamas I'm going to wear tonight when that thing comes through. I have no intention of going out on the road. <laughs> which, which pajamas? And, 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 and where are the dog is going to be? Where are the yep. what? Yep. Where the dog's going to be. you got to determine where the dog's going to be because probably, is your dog afraid of fireworks like, like everybody else's dog on the planet? Well, all I know is, uh, you know, she's only 45 pounds, and she's a pit bull that I got from a buddy of mine when he went in the hospital. And um, I've never had a pit bull. I didn't know how to even respond to a pit bull because I read all the technical data about how bad and dangerous these dogs are. Well, I'm still trying to find it because she never met anybody she didn't like. I've never heard her growl at a person in a year now. And But the thing is she don't like, one is the garbage man that comes in with a big truck to empty the dumpster. She will let me know, un, you no problem whatsoever figuring out that guy's there. That's the only thing that she barks at, the truck. She'll go down and play with the guy that's driving it, but she don't like the truck. And the other thing is thunder. I'm telling you, I didn't know how far she could jump and land in my lap coming through the middle of the living room at about 15 mile an hour. But she is too big for that. But yes, she doesn't like that. And I am anticipating what I'm going to do is sit here and watch TV and I'm going to bring her up on beside me. That way she don't have to waste her time flying through the air like super dog to crash me against the the couch and slide it all the way back in the wall with the force. It, 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 it's educational. But uh, your answer is no. I don't think that she's going to like the gunshots, even though I'm living out where it's really not that noisy in there because I've got good insulation. 
And uh, But I'm concerned about it because I do have animals down at the barn, and I don't like people shooting guns uh, because most of them are brain dead. If you shoot a gun, a pistol, a magnum, a shotgun, up in the air, oh, wow, there's plenty of space up there. Don't be an idiot. Whatever goes up comes back down, and you don't know how far it goes. I'll bet you 50% of out there that's shooting a rifle don't know how far that something as small as a 22 will travel. And when you shoot it way up in the air and then it starts coming back down, it does have some force coming down. So, And that's the reason that I lock my horses inside the covers and hope like the Dickens that they, and I do, I go down and inspect everything before dark and I'll make sure that I've got everything in place for this because I have one horse that just don't like gunshots at all and, uh, or one mule and the other two are pretty cool. But for the ones of you that have animals out there, you know, put them in the house, lock your doors. You know, I've got these. Uh, I call them old people handles on them, the lever handles on the doors. Well, the, my dog has figured out how to open the inside, open the door on the inside and get out to the backyard. Well, she's also part gazelle. She can jump. And then I have to spend about the next 20 minutes driving up and down the road trying to find out where my dog went. I am not, I lock the doors now so the handles can't be locked, unlocked from the inside. And this is something that you may want to consider to keep these dogs in. If you can get them in, you know, if you've got to go down and get some Dramamine or something, you know, some kind of a sedative to give them, check where you vet. Of course, that's going to be hard to do. You can Google it. They'll tell you what to get. Uh, but get them on some of that stuff. You know, keep them down, keep them safe, keep them in there. Uh, because the dog pounds don't have any more room for extra dogs. I mean, I think they got flushed out pretty good for Christmas. <laughs> so that is, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, and you need to keep these animals as safe as you possibly can because they don't understand what's going on, and you do not have the time to train them. It's, it's now we're in the push and shove stage of New Year's. So just keep them inside. Keep them away from the flying bullets that people are too stupid to shoot it in the ground. You know, if you live out in the middle of the country, don't shoot it up in the air. I don't want it coming inside the city limits. You know, so just be careful. And be careful with your fireworks that you're going to be using. Yeah, we had a little bit of rain, but I think the desert has still got a lot of dry stuff in it. And you really don't want to go out like they did uh, last year on the 4th of July in Sawar National Monument, Monument. At the end of Broadway, we found enough debris from fireworks, and they were shooting them into the park itself, which is loaded with dry brush. People, if you do that, you need to go to jail. You don't need to have a slap on the hand. You don't need a $5 fine. You need to go to jail if you do that, because that is pure well, that's pure stupid. I don't know how else to put it. You know, cut down the conversation to be a little not quite so politically correct on this thing. Don't do it. Appreciate it. Don't burn Don't burn down our parks just because you want to shoot off firecrackers and stuff like that. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, fireworks around town. 
there always is, and they're beautiful. You can sit out on your porch and watch them. You can get up on your roof and watch them. Just don't fall off the roof. But just be mindful that that is a spark, and they can start fires. I can quote you four places that had fires on their property, including Simmons, where they were shooting off uh, uh, fireworks at the stadium. And it went across and come over and landed in the back and started a fire. Thank goodness everything was trimmed down and the fire was small. That wasn't the case with my neighbor next door. He lost a couple of vehicles on his. So it is dangerous, uh, but there is not a beer or a martini or anything worth $10,000. That's just about the average cost of a DUI. Plus, it goes on your driver's record. Plus, your insurance goes up. And it is just not something that you want to deal with. You know, they've got Uber. They've got all the cabs out the rear end. Designated driver. A designated driver who is one that don't drink. Not the one who's less drunk. But it's the ones that don't drink at all. And then, or you can rent a limousine. If you want to play it up good, you and a couple of your buddies, go rent a limousine. Take your wives and family with you, you know, except for kids. And uh, rent a limousine. I know guys that done that. And, you know, they go out, they get wiped out where they pour them out of the limousine when they get back to their house. Hey, that's, if you want to do that, you go for it. But just remember, alcohol kills brain cells. In fact, I'm almost convinced that that's the reason we have the problem during these Fourth of July and New Year's Eve, <laughs> because the previous Fourth of July and the New Year's Eve, you know, they killed so many brain cells. Now, <laughs> this is what you got. But um, as you get older, trust me, you will you will learn that uh, that's not exactly smart. But I don't recall being out on New Year's Eve. One time in probably 40 years because of the amount of, I mean, I don't even want to drive because I don't know if the other people that are on the road are totally sober. And you can have a couple of beers and be impaired. You can take medication, and for the people out there that don't know this, you when you're taking medication, Google it and see if alcohol affects that medication. If you're a diabetic and you're taking metformin, it says right on the instructions. Uh, limit your alcohol intake. And they don't say, I mean, what's the limit? The better version of that is if you're taking metformin for your diabetes and stuff, you don't need that alcohol with the heavy sugar content anyway. Just don't don't drink. Just don't drink. At least you'll remember how the night went. So just be careful out there. Jim is dead on on everything he said about this. Don't text and drive. You don't have time to text and drive on New Year's, especially around 1, 1 o'clock in the morning when the bars are closing down and everybody's leaving except they've had a wonderful New Year's party. And maybe they don't have a designated driver. You don't need to be texting at 1 o'clock in the morning 
I mean, you, you just you just don't need it because one, it slows your reaction time down. So you need to be more than ever one hundred percent driver on New Year's. The rest of the time too, actually. The traffic in Tucson has not backed down. It is just as heavy as it was. I mean, I, I I was looking for breaking the traffic. I did notice two days last week it's kind of light. But, uh, no, there's just too much stuff going on. You need to pay attention. So be careful, be safe, have a safe, happy new year. That's my spill on it, Jim. Oh, and I'll add one more thing on there. You make a great point about keeping your, your pets um, uh, under control. Because um, the last thing you want to do is thinking you're being responsible, being at home, having a great time, and the dog get out, and then everybody, including the kids, get in the car to go chase the dog. I've seen that one. <laughs> I've done it. So you, so now you've been drinking all night, thinking you're going to be at home and there's no problem, but the dog gets out and you're going to go chase the dog around the neighborhood. Oh, and you've got the kids in the car because everybody goes to look for the dog. We need to go find the dog. I completely understand. The problem is, is that the guy, the officer that pulls you over does not understand. He does not understand why you're why you are on this mission to find your pet. He just knows that well you shouldn't be driving. And so what happens is now you have now you're in, impaired in a vehicle with children. Uh, if you think that your life could not oh. get any worse, folks, oh. your life is is turned upside down in such a way that there I, there's no explanation. And the reason why there's no explanation is because unless you've truly experienced it, you know, <laughs> like a woman would say about childbirth, no man can ever understand because you've never experienced it. Well, the pain of that is what the pain you're going to see. And I wish that nobody ever has experienced that type of pain. So, um, That's right. I, I, folks, I've been on the side. I've watched it on the side of the road. I've I've seen the people in tears crying, screaming, yelling, wanting to get into a fight, you know, being subdued, handcuffed, you know, while while they wait for somebody to come while they get transported away. Um it's it's really it's really, really, really not fun. But it is really avoidable. No. And like Jerry said, you when you're driving out there today, the guys that, that are doing the enforcement they're they're they train all the time on this. In fact, uh, City of Tucson, I think, just got a couple hundred grand extra to help DUI training and enforcement. So they take it very seriously. It's not it's not something that they take lightly. Um, cities, I don't know if you know this, but cities and municipalities are graded on how well they control DUI offenses. So um, when when you well. from from a federal standpoint, they get they receive funds, and if they've if they've done a, a good job at maintaining DUI uh, enforcement, well, they get they get a bonus money. Okay, so the, it's it's completely incentivized for them to catch you, <clears throat> and uh, and I know that you think that you know what to do. <laughs> but you don't. <laughs> I, I I've seen it a, a hundred times, and even I I all I know is well, don't do it. 
That's all I know. Don't play the game. If There's no winning this game. You cannot win this game. It's not a game that you want to play. You can't win it. I know that, that and, and we all publicly, you know, we, we, we all as a society know that <clears throat> drinking and driving is bad. But but individually, we think, oh, it's no big deal. I, I, I'm only going a block. I'm only going a couple miles. I only had one. And we all, in our mindset, justify what we're going to do because we we think we can get away with it. And when those lights turn on behind you, you immediately become guilty because you realize you were doing something wrong. And so now all all the things go crazy in your head. And your rational thinking goes out the window, and you are on the path where they want you, and you're going to be cited, more than likely. They, this, it's not like, oh well, sir, we think you're just a little bit, and we're going, and then they'll just let you go ahead and drive home. No, that's not how it works. Maybe that happened in the '50s. It doesn't happen today. Today, it's a very no. straightforward procedure. You, we, we've. We've convicted you on on the side of the road. You get arrested. Have a nice day, and that's how it works. Mm-hmm. So, um, please don't play the game. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. Dave. And and if you're gonna have, and another you're thing, have your pets, go ahead. If if you're drinking beer at home or whatever you're drinking at home, and you've got a couple of friends over or something, uh, when they come in, make them check the keys. Make them check the keys. You take their keys. Your house is probably big enough to pile them up on the floor with a blanket or something like that until they are able to drive, but don't let them have the keys. You take the keys. You put them up, and hopefully when they get ready to go and they're loaded, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're too drunk to drive, okay? And if they've had three or four or five beers, they're too drunk to drive, trust me. And I And don't go out to the... Circle K or something, and try to buy more beer. I know a guy that run into his own mailbox trying to get out of his driveway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so things Lord. can happen. <laughs> and um, but that was a few years ago. <laughs> I think he's died since then, but not from that. I think it's alcohol poisoning or something. But um, no, it's uh, it's something not to play with. It's it's something to really respect. And during the daylight hours, you know, right now until we get over this holiday, put your headlights on. Turn your lights on. Get that notification out there on that vehicle so that somebody can spot you. You motorcycle drivers out there, you might want to drive a little bit more respect for the ones of you that are not driving respectful right now. You may want to drive just a little bit more careful right now because of the traffic and the potential of getting into a fatal crash. Uh, that's something that we don't want to have. Oh, I'm sorry. My dad was killed. He was going to the grocery store and he was hit by a drunk driver on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve Day because people at uh, businesses were having their little parties and they weren't monitoring the people. And um, so, yeah. Uh, it's 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 something to definitely pay attention, and we're talking about 100% driver. Got to be 100% responsible for your own actions. You know, trust me. When they pick you up and you're blasted, you're Superman anyway, and they're going to pick you up. 
funny thing happened a couple of years ago. I was going out shopping with my wife on Christmas for Christmas. And we go and we run across a DUI checkpoint out off the of Old Spanish Trail. I mean, there's not enough traffic out there to even have a vehicle go through. I didn't think at the time. Now we do. But at the time. So we stopped. And I'm stopped. And a guy said, have you been drinking or taking any recreational drugs? I said, no. But I got a question for you. Can I just go to jail anyway? Because we're headed out to Christmas shopping, and I really don't want to go. (laughs) 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 The deputy looked at me, and he said, I think maybe you're sober enough to drive. (laughs) I said, no, I haven't had anything to drink. He said, but that's a good point. That's a new one on me. I've never heard that at a stop before. And... um, So you can have fun just as long as you have fun for the right reasons. But just uh, once again, please, 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 please don't text and drive today. Go on a moratorium on your cell phone today. Put it in the back seat where you can't reach it, and don't stress when it goes off. There's nothing going to happen, and there's no way you can solve any problems at that point anyway. You can drive down, pull off the road, get out of the road. You don't stop on the side of the road. Get out of the mainstream. Get out in a parking lot at a church or a shopping center. Then check your text messages and then answer all the texts you want to while you're sitting dead still with the engine off. I don't care if you leave the engine on to get the heater. As long as you stay there until you get all your text messages done, and then that's it. There is an app that goes on those phones that says, I'm sorry I can't answer the phone right now. I am driving. I've heard that. In fact, I heard it from my granddaughter. And that's the reason that I don't call my granddaughter when I think she's traveling across country or or driving anywhere. And she took the road course that's sponsored by Jim Flick Ford, and she went out and drove the cars, and she had to drive she had an instructor in there with her and she had to text her mom who was watching while she was driving and cassidy said you cannot text and drive if you get away with it you just got away with it it's something that'll get you dead and she was 16 years old when she did that and she still doesn't do it and she's got the car that's got the remotes and all of that stuff. And she said, no, it's just something that I'm too afraid to do. So if you text her, she don't answer you. That means that she's driving. If you call her and she don't answer you, means she's probably driving. So, and I think that's the way it should be. I'm very proud of her. At least I'll have her around for a while. It won't be because it's something stupid. But just, just. Can't stress it enough. Moms and dads, when your kids get ready to go out to the party, they're 17, 18 years old. Everybody decides that the only way to bring in the New Year's is get drunk and don't remember bringing in the New Year's. That never has made sense to me. (laughs) But I know it's done. Oh, yeah, well, we survived 2022. Let's see if we can't kill ourselves so we won't have to worry about 2023. Think about it. Think about it. Because there's more truth in that one little statement than probably anything Jim and I are going to be saying this whole next two hours. 
and we want you saved. We don't want you getting in a wreck. We don't want you taking out yourself. We don't want you to taking out my family or killing your relatives that are riding with you or anything like that. This is the real deal. You know, a car is designed for transportation. It's not designed to be used as a mortar, something that will blow you away or kill you while you're driving it. It's supposed to be safe. It has a lot of safety features on them. If you've got a car that the brakes are shot on it, don't go out. Just don't go out. You know, make sure your car is running and is safety inspected and ready to do. Stop when you hit the brakes. Um, if you're running in rain or snow, oh, my gosh, uh, slow down. The speed limits on the roads are based on good weather. Environment is a big player in this thing, whether it's raining or snowing or uh, bright sunlight, anything. It's always a player. The road signs of 45 miles an hour is a recommendation based on everything is perfect. That goes right down to moderate traffic, not heavy traffic, moderate traffic. So if somebody's hauling butt down the road on Broadway and they're running 60, 70 miles an hour and you're in full traffic, uh, well, I hope they make it because you can follow them long enough and you'll be right beside them at the stoplight. If they stop at the stoplight, which most of them do, uh, they're just in a hurry to get to that stoplight. And keep in mind, in order to move that vehicle, what, I don't care what kind of vehicle it is, including electric, if you're accelerating and decelerating, accelerating and decelerating, accelerating and decelerating, you're getting the worst mileage on that car that you can get in town. Same way on the freeway. If you're going on the freeway and you've got to run from here to Phoenix, once you get out of the heavy traffic, set that thing on cruise control. Don't assume that that person in front of you or behind you or beside you, don't assume that their car is as in good a shape as yours. Plan for the worst, hope for the best, and then you should be able to go. So, all right, we done beat this subject to death, Jim. What else do you want to beat up this morning? <laughs> well, uh, one last thing is if you're going to go up Mount Lemon today, I know the road was closed yesterday. Ooh. But if you're going yeah. to go about lemon today, just like Jerry said, it's, there's going to be ice. I know that you don't think so, but, yeah, there's going to be patches of ice. Um, so uh, <laughs> when, you're, when you're driving along and you hit that black ice, um, you could go sliding off the roads. Done a lot of recoveries off Mount Lemon. And you are, when you hit the black ice, I know we don't drive in it all that much in Arizona, but uh, when you hit it, you are now a passenger in your vehicle, and there's no and you can turn that steering wheel 60 different ways from Sunday. You can apply the brakes. You can take off your seatbelt, put your seatbelt on, turn the radio on or off, whatever, because the car is going to go where it wants to go because you're not in control anymore. The, that's right, where the inertia <laughs> take it. I remember hitting black ice in Virginia. And my car turned around and stayed in the same lane. It turned 360 degrees around. And it had just come out of the black ice when it hit the 360 mark. And I was still in the same lane. It scared me to death. And I did not see it. I was anticipating it. I was running below the speed limit. 
and I'm here to talk about it. But I, you know, this it's real. It is real. Flat tires. You have a flat tire. You're on the increment weather, like ice or going up to Mount Lemon. Now, Mount Lemon should have some pretty good traffic on it if they've opened the road, because everybody now can drive in the snow. It, we live in Tucson. <laughs> we don't live in Wyoming or Montana where they drive in snow up there for a living. We we have to now. We've got to retrain ourselves a little bit. We're so used to dry roads, beautiful roads. All we got to worry about is just dodging the potholes, and that's not the case when you're driving on ice and snow and water and all that crap. So, and, and there's going to be a lot of traffic on Mount Lemon. If they open the road, there's going to be a ton of traffic, which is good for the oh, road yeah. because it it warms it up and gets rid of the ice. It's bad for the mm-hmm. impatient driver who's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. because the people going up the hill are going to be going, well, 12 miles an hour. Along with the bicyclist that's going to be riding up there too, so he's going to be riding up there too along along the side of the road. So it's going to be very congested. It's going to be very slow. You know, when you get to the top, it'll be congested again. You know, but a lot of places up there to to visit. But you know, if you pull off into the little parking areas and there's, you know, it's it's slippery. You can slide around. Um, If it's um, if you you're trying to get out of there, you know, if, if your tires are junk, you might be spinning away trying to get out of the parking spot. So um, just be really careful if you're going up there today. I, I, I believe they're going to open the road because it hasn't rained. Um, and since they had it closed yesterday, when it warms up a little bit, you know, um, plus it's... I would not be the first one up the mountain. I would not be I the agree. first one up the mountain this morning. I'd wait for the other 3,000 cars to go up there and warm that road up and get rid of that ice, you know. And then if they slide off the road, I'll know that maybe I need to turn around and go back home. <laughs> <coughs> but so, and, and, it's, and driving, uh, up Mount Lemon is, driving up Mount Lemon is, is a really good example of where a, where a well-maintained vehicle comes in handy. You can probably get away with, uh, with it in town here, but if you're on the mountain and you've got issues, Again, for example, the lights. It's it's hard enough to see up there as it is. As Jerry always mm-hmm. says, turn your lights on. Folks, I'm going to tell you, it, there's enough God, yes. curves and corners up there that it's hard to see. Brakes, tires, um, cooling systems, all that stuff becomes really critical when you're up on the mountain because, well, it's colder. You need your heating. Um, you need your tires so you can actually drive around. You need your brakes. Good Lord, it's, you know. It's not twelve percent. It seems like a twelve percent grade when you're going down, and it seems sometimes it seems like it's forever steep, you know. So all of those things that we talk about on a daily basis um, are are really critical when you're when you're working in in a mountainous terrain area, especially with snow and ice. So uh, before you go, do your check. You know, check check your and even check your windshield washer fluid check your windshield wipers you don't know if it's going to rain up there you don't know if somebody's going to be you know inevitably this is the one that always gets me they pile the ice they pile the snow on top of the pickup truck camper shell right because we got to bring it down mm-hmm. with us because nobody's ever seen oh, it yeah. before so we pile <laughs> it on top of the camper shell right we pile it on top of the camper shell or top of the car whatever and as they're going down what happens it blows off and right onto your windshield Voila. That's right. 
but your windshields better be your wipers better be working today. Otherwise, you're not going anywhere. You're not seeing. So and uh, I, and, another and <laughs> another little caution on coming down the mountain. You have a transmission. A transmission used to with the four speeds and three speeds. Uh, going down a mountain with the brakes is not near as good as they are now. You used to downshift and let the transmission help to hold you back. It's kind of like having a jake brake on a diesel. And you can actually, I had this, a person asked me this about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, something like that. They said, can I pull the, the transmission down like the second gear coming down the mountains? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You let the back pressure of the engine, the transmission, and the gearing slow you down, and then you don't have to sit there and heat your brakes up and blister your rotors because you're driving two speed. And it's really cool. You come off the top of the mountain, you kick it up, and, you know, it'll just uh, run in overdrive and come down because there's no, no reason for it not being overdrive. But you're relying on your brakes to hold everything. And now brakes are a lot better than they used to be or should be, especially the four-wheel rotors that have the pads. They dissipate heat a lot better than the drums. The drums will keep it in. First thing you know, you don't have any brakes. And that, trust me, I have had that happen to me back in the day. And if you just use your transmission, slow it down, take it out of overdrive, put it in direct drive, that'll be a plus, or you take it on down to second gear. You will not hurt the engine coming down the hill. And you won't hurt the transmission. It'll be fine. And your speed's going to be low enough to where if something happens, you still have your brakes to go back up. So that is your backup system is your brakes your transmission to keep them from heating up, your brakes to stop your butt when it doesn't when you need it. You come around a curve or somebody sitting there, you need your brakes. They need to be there when you need your brakes. And we assume they are because I mean after all they're on the car, they should work and oh listen, you know, I'm sure the manufacturers figured all these factors in. No they didn't. They can't figure everything out that you're going to be doing in your vehicle. It's impossible. You know, they can cover you a long way, but they can't do everything. That's the reason the biggest problems with accidents is not, it's a mechanical failure. And it's called the nut behind the wheel that comes loose. And that's when you have the accidents and stuff. On probably the majority of the accidents that we have around Tucson and running. But coming from a hill country in Carolina and Virginia, I've uh, come down a lot of mountains and, and second gear. And when you've got fog on the road, you can go down to low gear. I've been there, done that, low gear, because you can't see anything but the white line. And your windows roll down, you got your head stuck out, freezing to death, just because you can't see in front of your hood. So hopefully we don't have to run into that. But can you run in on a mountain when you're coming down? You bet your butt you can. So this is just a kind of a little checkup from the neck up to make sure that you can get out and get back because, I mean, after all, you haven't driven in snow since last year when you were up there. And these are just little things that you kind of forget until you're out driving. Well, by the time you remember, it could be too late. I've been on search and rescue has been called out to get people 
out of cars at the bottom of canyons off of Mount Lemmon. It is not a pretty sight. It is absolutely not a pretty sight. There's a lot of things you want to do in your life. Take that off your bucket list and just trust me on this one. Going over the side of a cliff is not what you want. You have to be prepared to keep yourself on the road, slow down. Oh, but there's somebody on my bumper. Good. Tap your brakes a couple of times. Let them know, hey, you want to get off my bumper? Uh, you know, and if that don't work, then you'd be prepared to stop two vehicles instead of one. The one that's going to hit you in the bumper because you're going to react faster than he, he can, and hopefully your brakes are in good enough shape to stop both vehicles. And you're going to slide a little bit. It's going to get a little ugly. But uh, know what's on the sides of the road while you're driving. You have to be 100% driver. Just because you've been driving for 45 years don't mean jack crap. You've got to constantly remind yourself that, oh, I'm driving. Oh, I need to take care of this vehicle. Oh, I need to stay out of accidents. What could possibly happen? Be in that mindset. Check your mirrors the entire time you're driving. I've said it before. About every three minutes, you need to check all three mirrors. Your, your backup, your center mirror, and both outside mirrors. Know who's beside you. And if you'll do that, you're pretty much going to get home safe. If you if you wrinkle a fender, you can take that son of a gun over to Spectre Minor Road Auto Collision to get it fixed. If you wrinkle yourself, you're going to be taking a ride, probably in an ambulance, going to the hospital. That stinks. So, you know, fender benders... Better have a fender bender with a lot of personal injury to go with it. If you don't have insurance on it, because this is normally December, is a lot of renewals done on insurance. Make sure your insurance got you covered. And I know a lot of you out there have these old, you call them beaters. You know, these old beaters cost you about five or $6,000. And you think, well, if something happens, I'll just can it and go get me another one. Okay. Uh, that's one way to save money on insurance uh, until you wreck that beater and you get ready to go buy another one. You find out it's about $6,000 more than the one you're driving. And so now you got $6,000 you got to pay instead of that insurance premium to cover you. So make sure you got all your, your medical insurance on that thing, collision insurance, as well as your liability insurance. And then you, 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 you should be at least it won't hurt the billfold as much because you're going to have enough expense just trying to get that thing fixed and get it off the road and call Frontier Tow and have it towed in. and you know So it's going to be a, going to be a little process. Um, Ina Road Auto Collision, 4425 West Ina Road. Phone number is 520-744-4454. And they're located... Again, at 4425 West Ina Road. You know, if you have a crash or, or a mishap, you can call it whatever you want to. It's called a crash because somebody wasn't paying attention. That's how it, that's how it normally happens. Uh, watch your intersections. You do not have to be the first one through an intersection. I come back from Payson, Arizona, towing a horse trailer. It was 1 o'clock in the morning when I got back into Tucson. I come off the freeway at Speedway. And I come down. The light was green at the bottom of the hill, so I could have just went right on through. And I got down, and I just I, I had it down to about one mile an hour. 
to approach the light and go on through. And here come a pickup through at about 50 miles an hour. He would have hit me right in my door had I not been paying attention. You know, the person behind me, I'm sure there's somebody probably behind me. I really don't care. You know, if I don't get taken out, he probably won't get taken out. But people are driving stupid. Everybody's in a hurry for some reason, you know, and some of them probably legitimate. They're going to a hospital with a heart attack. So, but the rest of it can be prevented. I agree with Jim on it. It can be 100% prevented, especially when you are drinking and driving. No, no, no. And that is from all of the sponsors of this show. And that would be from Spectrum, Merle's, Frontier Towing, uh, Lens Auto Brokers, Parker Automotive, Automotive Specialist, and Simmons. All of us says, please don't text and drive, uh, don't drink and drive, and make this New Year's, uh, as Jim says, a super safe New Year's. You know, just just make it happen. Super safe. Concentrate on it. Get out. You can party when you get home and stay home. Okay? And then if you fall over the commode when you're in there barking your guts out, just so. <laughs> get up, get your bag of ice, put it on your head where you bumped it on the urinal. <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, I've seen a lot of stuff in my lifetime. That, you have too, Jim. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> Oh, the porcelain god. Oh, and yeah, and don't 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 drink the boilermakers. Don't drink a shot of whiskey and shoot it with a follow it down with a beer. Uh, you will be filling that for three or four days. That is definitely when you don't need to be out on the road. You definitely don't need to be out of the house. But if you'll do that, you can probably save it. Because if you've got kids out there and all of a sudden dad and mom are partying hard, mom's normally the smarter one in the crowd, and dad's got to do the macho thing and do all of this crap, and then all of a sudden dad gets alcohol poisoning and has to go to the hospital and dies on the way, uh, that is something that you don't want to do to your family. So moms, dads, talk to your kids before they leave and just remind them, hey, if you get out and you get blasted, you call me and I will get in my car with all the roll cages and all the safety stuff and I'll come and get you as long as you're sober. And you just go pick up your kids. Don't grind on them when you get them. Just pick them up. Don't fuss at them when they're on the phone. You're the luckiest son of a gun in the world. If they call you and say, Dad, I need a ride, that's all you need to know. That and the address. Go get them. Bring them home. And then if you want to chew on what they shouldn't have done, wait until they're at least sober enough to where they'll understand what you're saying. It's a waste of time to talk to a drunk or try to tell them, oh, well, you, you should know better than this. Well, they did. They just didn't do it. So, you know, just <laughs> use Use a lot of common sense in this. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the thing they should have done. However, you can't change history, and history is they're sitting out there and they're smart enough to at least call home and say, "Dad, I need a ride." That means that they already know they're going to be in trouble 
So why magnify it when you get there? They're not going to remember it. Give them a chance to sober up and then have a little conversation with them. They're not stupid, and you can't change history. So good luck with that. All right. Now, do you still want to beat up this DUI? Go ahead. Well, no, one last thing I was going to jump in about the Mount Lemmon. If um, you're coming down the hill um, or any 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 mountainous road, you could be on Reddington for all I care. Um, uh if you if you got a ton of traffic behind you and you're uncomfortable, just use one of the pull-offs. Let the traffic go by. Go. Take a minute. Take a breath, breath to bank a breather. Uh, and and Jerry was talking about using your engine to break you break your vehicle coming down. If you got a, a new car. I don't, but I, I I know that new cars have ten gears in their transmission. So mm-hmm. you got to figure out which one you want to use. Um, Downshifting a new vehicle is, is a little bit different than just downshifting an old car, so you might want to try it in a parking lot first before you go up the hill. You know, so put the car in 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 what like fifth or sixth gear, I think is what they're what it is, and then drive it at like thirty miles an hour or twenty five, and see what your RPMs are. If you get them around two thousand RPMs, that's a pretty good braking method. So you don't want to go real high, but you don't want to you don't want to be at idle either. So, but with with ten well, gears, it it's not the easiest thing to figure out. Sometimes you got to practice with it. I know I've had to do it. The first time I ever drove one, I had to figure out. I had to practice with it. So, well, normally you just push your button and it takes you all the way down to like third or second. Main thing is get it out of overdrive because that thing kind of lets you free wheel. And you know, going up the mountain, don't leave it in overdrive. Put it in direct drive and pull the mountain. It keeps the transmission from running up and down in gears. And it saves the heat on the transmission. You stand a better chance of making it because the fluid still has a chance to circulate and cool down. And um, But coming down the mountain, and I never went down a mountain. When I get to the summit, when I was towing, and I have had the privilege of losing the brakes on the vehicle. But <laughs> when I go through the summit, I reach up on the tow vehicle, and I bring that thing down to second gear at the lowest speed, and I make sure it's in there. What happened to me was I got across the summit. I pulled it down to second gear like I've always done. It didn't take second gear. It didn't take low gear. It didn't take no gear. Try stopping 26,000 pounds with just trailer brakes and uh Drum uh, rotors on the front and drums on the rear. I parked that thing in a thicket on the way down because I was headed down to uh, the the mountain going to Pine Top. And I said, there ain't no way I'm going to go down that last run with this vehicle. It was raining. I picked a thicket where they actually moved stuff off the road. And it, was, it had weeds and bushes and everything else. And I said, well... Worst I can do is I can park it between those two trees down at the end of this thicket, and that will stop it. I'm going to tear the heck out of my truck, but that uh, I'm not going over that mountain. When I got that thing stopped, and I got off of the brakes and everything, and it run up to 45 miles an hour, and then I hit the, emerg- the brakes on the trailer, the brakes on the truck at the same time, stood on that pedal for everything I had, and went off the road, 
and it run down the thicket for probably about 50 yards, and it was raining and muddy. And the mud helped slow me down, the bushes helped slow me down, and I didn't have to hit those two trees on the other end. And when I got out of the truck, I fell on my butt because my legs wouldn't hold me up. That's how scared I was. And uh, so there I sat until my wife went on across the canyon and come back to get me. And she unhooked the trailer, was double towing. She unhooked the trailer over there to pull off. And she come back with the other truck. And I wouldn't, my transmission, I didn't know, when I looked under there, the transmission fluid was coming out of it, the transmission. And I'm going, wow. And by the way, people, that was a brand new rebuilt transmission. And um, so I just, uh, I said, you take this one. It's it's a one-ton, and it will go ahead and pull your trailer with no, should pull. If it'll start and move, the transmission's cooled down enough where it'll sh- probably shift proper. And uh, so she said, I'll take that when you take the Ford. The Ford's a three-quarter ton, but there's a little caveat here. That three-quarter ton was actually a ton and a quarter. I'd already modified it. I had 456 tail gears in it. I come down that mountain at 15 miles an hour because I was still afraid of the vehicle and the load I was carrying. 15 mile an hour in second gear, four-wheel disc brakes, and then I had the trailer brakes and stuff, everything was slow enough to where I could I could stop it in place I wanted to. That's the way I went down it, went on the White Mountains, had a wonderful weekend, and come back down that other side and back up the mountain with that Ford truck pulling that trailer at 15 miles an hour, just taking my sweet time. If you're going to run 15 miles an hour on the road, turn on your emergency blinkers to let the people know that I have an issue. Don't mean I'm going to necessarily stop right in front of you, but I've got an issue. And when the traffic gets up behind you, like Jim says, pull off to a a little pull-off place and then let everybody go, check your mirrors, and then pull back on and continue to come on into Tucson. So... This stuff that we're telling you is not a joke. And if you've never had your brakes fail going down the White Mountains, over to the White Mountains, uh, down that big old canyon, uh, you will, well, you'll probably do like I did. I fell flat on my butt in the mud and the rain and everything else, and I got out of the truck because my legs literally would not hold me up. In fact, I was backed up against the step on the truck, when uh, my wife came and got me, and she said, what are you doing sitting in the mud? I said, I'm waiting for my legs to decide to pick me up. But that, that's how afraid I was. And I've been towing ever since I was six years old on the farm. So it's not like it, I had a, you know, this was a new thing. It was the first new thing I had was running out of brakes and transmissions when the transmission was new. So... When you go down a mountain, you go through the summit, the top of the range, you get ready to go down. You go down, you start down that mountain at the same speed you want to end at the bottom of the mountain. Because you, you, I, I roped, uh, warped rotors from towing a horse trailer down through there, dropping it down in gear, older model motorhome. And when I got back to Tucson, I had to buy a set of rotors because of the rope. they were warped and blued out to where they weren't 
they, they weren't trustworthy anymore. But knowing that, I come back at about, oh, I think the top speed I got, and that was on flat road when I got back in Tucson, close to Tucson where I could run it, was like 40 mile an hour, 45. That was the top speed. I wouldn't let it get over that because I didn't trust the brake system on it anymore. I knew what I was driving. Uh, I can stop it from 45, and I did a couple of times just to make sure that I was thinking correctly. So this is a full-time driver that I'm trying to allude to, to get your attention. I'm not just telling you to do that because it's just something to say, and I read it in a book somewhere. No, I've been there. So just if you'll just do it, I call it a checkup from a neck up, and if you just pay attention and drive like you're supposed to, drive like you really think that the other driver should be driving, and then you'll probably make it to wherever you're going and back. Yeah, uh, Jerry, I've I've come down through Salt River Canyon with uh, towing oh. with loaded tractor trailers. <clears throat> so imagine 120 feet long and 120,000 pounds coming down those hills, or going up them for that matter. Let me explain to you something, folks. <laughs> there isn't enough brakes on the planet to stop you. You you go down that hill and it is uh, you can't. I, I'm telling you. The 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 seat is so tight it it's just it's unbelievable, and and so I'm coming down the hill because I've done it a bunch of times. Not that I like doing it, but I've done it. You know, I'm usually doing ten miles an hour. I can tell you for yeah. a fact that I get a I get told I'm number one a hundred times, honked right. at, screamed at, yelled at. But here's what I know. Every single time I've made it to the bottom safely. And those other people went around me and went on the, about their business, told me, told me how I was uh-huh. number one. I was, I was their yeah. number one fan. Um, but all that being said, the, the point is I made it to the bottom. And then I made, and then right. going back up the hill is the other part. You know, now it's it's just a slow going up the other side. Again, I get told I'm number one. Um, oh, but, of course. You know, and and going up a hill, towing up a hill, or or just going up a hill in general, <laughs> this can be just as complicated as going down because you're pulling a load up, or and you're trying to get up there, um, not overwork your engine, not overheat it as you're driving up the hill. Um, not trying to overcook the transmission, so sometimes you know, gearing down and just going up slowly is the way. I mean, I've I've towed yeah. trucks out of the canyon that have blown motors because they're just running them so hard they just they just grenade them. So yep. those the, so those things are are they, they take just take into account that when you're working in in those type of environments that um, yeah it takes a little extra time. Oh well, it's it's five minutes. Yep. You'll never know in your lifetime. You won't know if you're right. five minutes late. If you're thirty minutes late, you're thirty minutes late. Oh oh well. That's right. It, it's okay. Yeah. So anyway, right. I think we're well, coming up to the top of the hour, Jerry. Go ahead and take us out, Jim. All right, folks. We'll be back in just two minutes. Station identification here. Come on back. We'll be back again. We'll start this all over again. <laughs> 